Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Good morning, Vietnam! Welcome to the jungle, baby. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to Two Dudes Movie Reviews. Mara, the meatloaf! You see what happens, Larry? How to get burned! How to get burned! How to get burned! They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works. Every time. I am loving this. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Come with me if you want to live. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Now, here's your hosts, Sky and Colin. Here's Johnny! Hey, moviegoers! You're listening to... Ah, shit, what's the name of the show? Uh, Two Dudes... Um, movie YouTubes. No, that's not right. Movies by the dudes to review. Yes, that's that sounds right. With Chance the Rapper and Chancey the Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) Should we keep that intro? (laughs) I think it's a little bit too late to turn back now. With Sky and Colin. That's now the entire name of the show. All of those words. I probably won't remember that. Um, well, it's already changed on all of our social media. So oh, go to wow. at two dudes movie YouTubes. No, that's not right. Two movies two dude reviews to that's already wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's wrong. With Chancey and Chance the Rapper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a combo. What a winning combo, yeah. I would say. Mm-hmm. Chance the Rapper is easily my favorite Pokemon. Yeah, me too. Who's that Pokemon? <laughs> it's Chance the Rapper. Sup. <laughs> Dude, Sword and Shield got real weird. How? Oh, Chance be- the Ra- oh, because he was in it? It's like you just got here. I was wondering what you were going. I thought you were saying, I was like, all right, let's talk about video games. I really like Sword and Shield. I haven't now played I see it. You're, you're making a joke. Okay. Yeah, you know me. Same OG, but I've been low key. <laughs> Same emoji. Same emoji. Yeah. The poop emoji. Oh, speaking of the poop emoji, um, I saw cats. <laughs> oh, yeah. I saw your stories. Yeah. What an interesting time you must have had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, the movie is not good. Actually, I almost hope that I saw the fixed version because if it was any worse than what I saw, I probably would have left the theater because yeah. the CGI was awful. Oh, and yeah. But like, it's not even the making them the cats. Like, it's not that part of it that's awful. It's the little things that you would think would be really easy that like I was learning how to do an animation class that look brutal. Yeah. Like, it's all the intro level stuff they can't fucking figure out. If, if anyone out there watches this when it comes out on, I don't even know what streaming service would put this on there, but if anyone watches it, uh, look at their collars, in particular, Rebel Wilson's collar. It doesn't follow her neck. That's awesome. It, it looks like the uh, pre production unfinished scenes from like the Shrek bonus features. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's so bad. Man, I actually kind of want to see it now. I gasped at how bad it was when I saw it. I went, <gasps> I, put, I, put, I put my hand over my mouth. <laughs> my Lord. <laughs> and you saw that there's a fourth wall break? 
Yeah, I saw that you posted that, and I was like, wow, this movie is a must-see. I was, you know, I mentioned the Emoji movie, though, because James Corden is in that, and he's in this. Is he? Yeah. And uh, but I, but I was I was gonna say like most of the people involved in Cats I don't really like to begin with like I don't, I'm not a big I don't like Rebel Wilson that much I don't like James Corden yeah but uh, like Ian but, McKellen well, I was gonna say watching Ian McKellen in this movie broke my heart because oh, I believe it because uh, he shows up like in the background but like one of the first scenes that he actually has anything of substance he's literally hunched over uh, like a basin of milk and he's just licking it. And like he actually had to act that, so he's just sitting That's there amazing. like, <laughs> "Oh, I need to see it." And I, I just in my heart, I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> oh my god. Well, at the time of recording this, we still have three more days to cram in as many movies as we can from 2019, and then that's our cutoff. Yeah. So I might have to make a trip out to the theater to see that. <laughs> I want you to. It's just such a bad experience. I'm surprised it's still playing. It when we went, we went on. Uh, what day was that? Friday, I think. I think so, because yeah. I went to the movies. I was on my way to the movies as I saw you were Getting posting out. those. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm on my way. But I went to see Bombshell. Yeah, you had a better time. But when I went to that on Friday, it was only playing once. It was a one, oh. 150 showing. I might miss it. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, woe is me. <laughs> Looking forward to the double deuce so I don't have to sit through any of that nonsense. Yeah. I, f- I feel like I will still inevitably end up seeing bad movies for the double deuce because we got to get something for the bottom 10 for the duties. Well, that was partially why I saw Cats is because I was like, I need more theatrical releases for my bottom 10. Oh, I think I have plenty for the bottom 10. Like I need 10 that I feel strongly about. Yeah, and most of the ones I feel strongly about in terms of my hatred are Netflix. Netflix. Movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Netflix movies. <laughs> Actually, I shouldn't say that. I haven't gone through it all, but there's there's way more that are Netflix movies that we're not going to talk about on the podcast. So yeah, I was like, I need a few more to to spruce it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, man, we gotta we gotta shake things up. Throw some cats in there. <laughs> it's funny because when that movie was, you know, in trailers and coming soon. I feel like you were like you're not gonna like check out cast. You're like I don't know. It could be good. Like I just I don't think I ever said it could be good. <laughs> well, I don't know if you said it on the podcast, so I don't have any way to back up my statement. But I feel like I feel like somebody was just like, oh, you're gonna see cats, and I'm like, no, never. It looks horrible. When I we, knew immediately from the trailers, I'm like, that is gonna be a shit show. Yeah. When we, I because I don't think I ever thought it was gonna be good. Even I saw the play as a kid and like nobody's it's weird nobody likes the play even like the only people that are going to enjoy this movie are the people who like the play and it's actually funny because leaving the theater um me and brianna both went to the bathroom afterwards and in my bathroom someone at the urinal like it's quiet and he just goes <sighs> after that movie i don't believe in god <laughs> and then in brianna's bathroom some woman was like i don't know why the scores are so low it was really good oh, so of course. yeah there's always one idiot in the crowd. <laughs> there was someone who sat to the left of us that loved every minute of Rebel Wilson bonking her head and falling over and tripping and shit. She was loving it. That's why I got so mad when I was watching Jexy. Because like there was just this doofus couple laughing at all of the worst comedy beats I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> So it, it just makes, I shouldn't get mad if somebody else is having a good time, but if someone's having a good time during something that is so blatantly stupid and bad and non-ironically enjoying it, <laughs> yeah, I just have, ah, oh, man, 
Yeah, it burns my it burns my asshole. Well, that's that's what happened when I saw Daddy's Home too. Is I almost like wanted to stand up during the movie and be like, "Fuck all you people! <laughs> <laughs> You're the reason this thing keeps getting made. Yeah. <laughs> You're why Holmes and Watson exist." Exactly. So I almost I was getting heated sitting in that chair. I oh man, that movie's bad. Yeah, probably not getting nominated for anything. I think Cats uh, originally was putting out like for your consideration for like makeup and then like all of this stuff and then mm-hmm. they withdrew everything when the reviews were coming out and they were getting fucking roasted well it was nominated for a golden globe and then they pulled out right no they were they were still in there oh really yeah Whew. they didn't win well, well yeah of course not yeah but they were they were nominated yeah do you want to talk about the golden globes or, or yeah no? let's talk about them all they right. happened and uh we're a movie podcast now granted half the golden globes is about tv but we're not going to talk about that half yeah like that stuff uh forget it forget about it yeah, <laughs> but uh, I don't. Know. It was it was fun. I don't know if you watched it. I don't. I don't think you did, right? No, I don't have cable. This was one of the first years where, you know, normally when we do predictions and stuff like that, I try and predict who I think is gonna win, not necessarily who I want to win. Yeah. And this was one of the first years where almost like every category, the person who I wanted to win actually did win. See, I did a mix of voting. If it was a category I didn't feel strongly about, I picked who I thought would win. And if it was something that I wanted to win, there was good cause. Like, I feel like the movies that I wanted to win weren't just because it's like, well, I like that one better. I think it's like looking at it as a total package, like if it is best picture or whatever. I don't even remember what I put down is what I thought would win for best picture. Oh, you pick Marriage Story. No, I I do love that. Yeah. (laughs) That one. Yeah, that was definitely like a personal pick. But there's really good directing in that. The writing is strong in that and the acting is insane. So mm-hmm. I'm like, that's that makes sense. I could see that being like a crowd pleaser for a group of, you know, older critics or people, whoever is in charge of. Is, is it the, the Hollywood Foreign Press who does the Golden Globes? I think it is. Yeah. OK, but I could see that being like a, a, a crowd pleaser for that type of an audience that they would get a win. Yeah. I I left being like, man, like this person, this person, I wanted them to win and they did and I should have picked them and now I feel like an asshole that I didn't. Yeah, that happened to me too, you jerk. How? Well, <laughs> because I sent to you, well, first of all, you started posting up picks of mine that I didn't even pick. Well, okay. And you made wild choices. No, 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 no. L- listen here. This is how it went down. Oh. I, I texted you and I said, do you have your picks for the Golden Globes? And then you sent me four picks. And I was like, I sent you the one. I sent you more than four. <laughs> you sent me four at first. And then I was like, what about these? And then you sent me, uh, or I said like, what about like best actor and stuff? So you sent me those. And then I was like, wait, what about like screen like writing and like director? So then you sent me those. And then when I was doing them, I was like, oh shit. Like these two, you haven't sent me yet. Actually, I think those two were screenplay and director were the ones I hadn't have. So I, I texted oh, okay. you. And I wanted to have them out by eight because I didn't want like awards to happen and then have us post them because like then we look like a bunch of phonies. Yeah, but the TV stuff is first. They don't do movies until the second half of the show. I thought they mixed them, but yeah, no, they don't. They did most of the. They did one movie thing like pretty early on, but most of the movie stuff was later on. But I was like waiting, and I was like, I actually went and did all your picks that you would give me first, and then I went back and I waited a little bit, and eventually I was like, I can't wait. So I did it, yeah. rendered it all out, posted it, sat down on the couch, and you're like, hey. <laughs> and I literally, I literally, I was like, um, I was like God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. So what happened was I, I sent you a big list, big list of stuff. And then you were like, uh, who's your pick for score and original song? Those are the two that we had forgotten about. Yeah. And I said, oh, man, I got to look at the at the, you know, the nominees. So I picked Joker. 
who mm-hmm. won. Yeah. And Rocket Man for original song, who won. We both picked those. Yeah. We nailed it. We're fucking geniuses. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, I need your picks for director and screenplay. Stat. But, you know, I don't get good service <laughs> in my house. And this is also, you're like, I need them by eight. You texted me at 7.52. Yeah. I needed them by eight. Whoa. Did I, though? Or did you get it at 7.52? I got it at 7.52. Yeah, see? <laughs> and then, so, at 7.52, I need to finish this thing before 8. At 8.01, I picked for you. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then, I... You were like... I texted you and said, Hey... I actually said, <laughs> You bastard. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Why Scorsese? Because you picked Scorsese for me for best director. And then, just I just sent, Bong Joon Ho. Yeah, Bong? you did. June Ho. <laughs> he didn't win anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, still. But I'm like, you literally picked the least likely option for me. I was like, you know how I feel about Irishman. Like, it's fine. But literally every other director in that category, I have openly talked to you about being like, that's the one. Yeah. And I think that's not even who I settled on. I think I actually went with Quentin. Is that who you, you went yeah, I, I ended up going with Quentin Tarantino, but first, so, because what happened was, I put best screenplay for Parasite, and then uh, I was like, director, go with Sam Mendes, and you were like, are you serious? No, I, I meant I meant you serious as in, are you fucking with me, and just switching the answer because you know I'm changing something See, that I didn't want to change. I thought change. you were trying to pressure me, and like, you serious? You think Sam Mendes is going to win that shit? And I was like, okay, fine, go with Quentin Tarantino, final answer. No, I meant, I know you, and you're doing that thing where you're like... Do this one. And then I change and like, actually, do this. <laughs> so that's why I said you serious. Well, it sounded like you bullied me out of my answer. No, and if no. I had stuck with Sam Mendes like I wanted to, we would have tied. Well, we didn't. <laughs> so <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I was actually surprised though that you went with um Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, no. Because I thought you were gonna go driver. Oh, you know what? I almost did. But then I thought, I picked Marriage Story for almost everything. Let me mix it up. And I'm glad that I did because, one, it was the right answer. Mm-hmm. But two, uh, so it, now Joker came out on Blu-ray. I rewatched it. Yeah. So fucking good. I know it is. <laughs> it's really good. I forgot because I only saw it the one time in theaters. And people in my audience were pissing me off. So, like, I didn't fully appreciate it or, or like, or get, I didn't get, get the full as effect. much. Yeah. yeah. But I watched it with Megan. It was her first time watching it. And it's funny because like the movie, like Arthur Fleck gets shit on like the whole time. It's just life taking a big dump on his face. Yeah. <laughs> and like halfway through as bad stuff keeps happening. Oh, Megan's like, oh, my God. Like, I just feel so bad for him. And I just turn to her like, oh, don't worry. It gets worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, we still have an hour to go. Nothing goes his way until the last like 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet. I did get, I did buy it, but Ryan watched it and Ryan was just like, man, it's so fucking good. And then I actually talked to one of my the friends. The score where, is incredible. Yeah. It's, I was so happy it won score. It that, deserved it. The two things that I was like, I really hope it wins are score and I wanted Joaquin to win, but I could have seen Driver winning. So if, yeah. if Adam Driver wins at the Oscars, I wouldn't be surprised. That's That would honestly be my prediction for the Oscars. Yeah. I don't think the Oscars would give it to Jokin. Yeah. But... uh. 
I Jokerine Phoenix. <laughs> I was very happy it won those though. And then he got pissed off afterwards. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. I'll just go through these real like he pointed to his you're talking about when he got off stage and then he had to do like the PR stuff or like the press stuff. Yeah, and he kind of pulled like a Tarantino where he was like, he I've already hates, answered these questions. Yeah, <laughs> he he hates talking to the press, but I also love about that that he like points to his PR people and goes, They fucking tricked me. Because <laughs> I guess they didn't tell him he had to do that. Oh, that's funny. like they fucking tricked me. It's like, what do you want to know? Like, you asked me the same question. I've been talking about this for six months. Yeah. What well, do you want me to answer it in a different way? It was really challenging, and it was. He's just like got an attitude. I think. I, I think he said at the end, he was like, he was like, thank you for making me uh, answer something I've already answered, or something like that. Thank, yeah. thank you for making me repeat myself. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like <laughs> I love him. I'll just go through these real quick because we don't want to spend too long on them, but. Original score, Hilder won for Joker, which is awesome. We both picked that. Best original song, I'm Gonna Love Me Again for Rocketman. We both picked that as well. Screenplay, you picked Bong Joon-ho. I picked Noah Bumbach for Marriage Story. Uh, Tarantino won that for Hollywood. That's good. That makes that sense. Was, that was awesome, though, because we obviously really like Quentin Tarantino. I also loved his speech. Yeah. Where he was just like, he's like, um, I would thank people, but I write the script by myself, so I guess <laughs> I thank me. Yeah. He's like, but in this case... I did it. <laughs> yeah, I did everything. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the Hey King. But uh, you know that was cool. Best motion picture foreign. We both picked Parasite. Of course, I, I was assuming it was going to be that. I've heard Portrait of a Lady on Fire is really fucking good, but I didn't see it. And Parasite's up there for me. So Parasite's a game changer. Yeah. Best animated motion picture. This was awesome. Yeah. Missing Link winning best animated picture. Yeah. Because, that was really cool. And when we did our review of that, we talked about how like unfortunate it was that it wasn't doing well in the box office. And it just wasn't seemingly getting like the respect it deserved. Because Lakai Studios is incredible. The amount of work and the amount of artists that they need to create these things. So for them to actually win, that's like awesome that's really cool yeah but I, neither of us picked it no neither, neither of us picked it i think we, we both went toy story 4 it just seemed like the crowd pleaser yeah i think the fact that it's a sequel has that going against it but like i wanted toys i want missing link is the one that i was like man that'd be really cool i didn't like missing link as much as other movies but for the reasons you just said it was one that i thought would have been really cool to win but i thought toy story was gonna win i did not want the lion king to win that would have pissed no, me off definitely not best director you went Tarantino, and I think I went Bong Joon-ho on that one. Yeah. But Sam Mendes won that. Yeah, which so. we're going to talk about 1917 in this episode, so yeah. we don't so need to go into uh, if we agree or not with that. You're going to have to wait about well, 20 minutes to find out. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Supporting actor, though. You went Pacino, I went Pesci, and then Brad Pitt won. What would you think of that one? I'm actually okay, because you remember when we did that, uh, that episode? Yeah, the Once Upon a Time episode. I had said, I mean, that was also way earlier in the year before we had all of these potential award-winning films coming out like mm-hmm. in the last two months. But right away, I was just like, I could see him definitely getting nominated for Best Supporting Actor. I'm okay with it because he was awesome in that movie. Yeah, for me, like again, that was one that I was like, that's the one I want to win. But he's in that movie significantly less than all the other people in it. And I didn't think he had to like pull like any really like, you know, he didn't have to pull his weight super hard. Like he's very charismatic in it. And if you look at the other people, so I was a little surprised by that, but I was happy. Yeah. Best actor, musical or comedy. You went to Caprio and I think I also went to Caprio. Yeah. And he didn't win. Which is crazy. 
Yeah, Taron Egerton won. Actually, no, I did go Taron Egerton. Did you? Yeah. Oh, okay. But uh, but yeah, Taron Egerton won, and that was one that I feel like flew under the radar a little bit. Like we talked when that movie came out, and we're like, I could yeah. see him being nominated, and then like nobody's that, really been talking about it. Rocket Man was the first movie we saw in 2019 where we both went, "This will get nominated for stuff." Yeah. Is the only movie that early on in the year where we were just like, "Oh, this is gonna get nominated." He's the he was our first actor we had seated as a best actor nomination. Yeah. So, do you think he would actually? Because the Oscars doesn't break it down by genre. Yeah. No. Do he, you think? I don't think he's gonna land in the talks for that. Um, do you think? Because I think he'll be in the talks, win, but I don't know if he'll get a spot. Yeah. And that's also there's like heavy contenders this year. Adam Sandler not being nominated for anything I think was a little bit of a snub. Um, you want to talk about a twenty four being completely snubbed this year? Yeah. No lighthouse. No supporting actor for friggin' Willem. Uh, no Adam Sandler. No, no that, best screenplay for uncut or anything because I feel like that's a strong contender. Is the like only best thing screenplay. it was nominated for was the farewell for foreign picture. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, but there you go. Just because it's like, well, how many foreign pictures? Yeah, are they really pulling from? Yeah. So it's like I, I feel like for a studio that is putting out consistent movies that are shit. Half the movies A twenty four puts out stay at a ninety nine to a hundred for the first like three months they're out. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and for them to only have one movie represented, and don't get me wrong, Farewell is much deserving of it. But holy shit, man! Like you're gonna tell me you're gonna tell me that Willem Dafoe's performance isn't fucking incredible? Yeah, I thought Dafoe would have definitely been nominated for supporting. That was a surprise, and I thought that Sandler would have been nominated. Yeah, but we'll get him at the Oscars, right? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Best Supporting Actress, uh, you went Laura Dern. I went Jennifer Lopez just to mix it up. Yeah. And you were right. Damn right. Laura Dern was my my pick, and then I was like, because I, I saw your picks first, so I was like, I'm going to be contrary to this motherfucker. And then, yeah. Uh, Laura Dern won. I think she deserved that, too. Yeah. We both got this one. Best Actress, Musical Comedy, Aquafina. She was great in that movie. Best Actor, Drama. We both went Joaquin. That was really cool. Yeah. Best Actress, Drama. You went ScarJo, I went Renee Zellweger, and Renee Zellweger won. I was very surprised by that, too. I was very surprised, too, because remember when I saw Judy, I told you, like, one of the first things I texted you when I got out was, like, Renee Zellweger's going to get nominated for Best Actress. Because, like, the movie's not amazing, but she was really good in it. Mm -hmm. So I, I could see, and she was one of the early people. I mean, that movie's not that early in the year, but she was one of the people, like, right away. I was like, okay. She's one of the only people right now in my head where I'm like, she will get nominated. But for her to win, I was kind of surprised. Yeah, it was funny. We were watching it, and the movie was fresh in my head because I had just watched it. But I had told Ryan and Brianna because we were all watching it together. I was like, Sky went Scarlett Johansson. I went a little different because I was just trying to like not have the same picks. And I was like, I went Renee Zellweger. And at the time, we were tied. So I was like, this is a, this is a big one. I think that was the second to last award they did. And they were like, why would you do that? Scarlett Johansson's going to win. Yeah. <laughs> and then Renee Zellweger going. I was like, I can't believe that. That's that kind of pisses me off. <laughs> and it's nothing against Renee, but fucking Scarlett Johansson's performance in Marriage Story. Come on. Yeah, I was. It's so much better. It's so much better. It's literally better than every other person who was nominated. Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. No, I agree. And then uh, motion picture, musical or comedy, we both said Hollywood. Yeah. That was cool. And then motion picture drama, you said Marriage Story, I said The Irishman, and then 1917 won. So we will get to that. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So today's episode, we are talking about a Golden Globe winning movie for Best Picture and Best Director. Yeah. And we hated it. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. You want to find out what we thought about it? You're just going to have to wait one sec because there's something I forgot and I got to go get it. Do you mind coming with me for a quick little trip? I mean, I'll, I'll go. I have no, yeah, I, nothing to uh, do. I didn't leave it at home. I left it somewhere else. Where'd you leave it, buddy? I left it somewhere fucking deep, dark, and dirty. Oh, okay. I see where this is going. <laughs> I left it somewhere fucking nasty. I'm smacking my lips. <laughs> I'm fucking slapping my cheeks, baby. <laughs> Because we're going all the way to the <laughs> Charlie Park. That one was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like they're not all stupid? <laughs> I'm smacking my lips. <laughs> I'm slapping my cheeks. Because I thought you, we were walking into a KFC. That's what I, that's oh, what I assumed. Yeah. Finger licking chicken, baby. <laughs> so now we've talked about Popeyes and KFC within like two weeks of each other. <laughs> we, yeah, it's true. We talked about what was it, Uncut Gems. It was either Uncut or it was our uh, I think it was anniversary. Uncut, uncut because we were talking about Adam Sandler and Nick, Little Nicky. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. exactly what it was. So, yeah, we're on a real. We should get fried chicken after this. I'm on a diet, bro. Are you? I've lost 11 pounds in the last two weeks. Where was the last place you saw it? I'll help you find it. You lost I it? I don't want to find it. Did you call the police? If it's been three days, you can call. Bro. File a missing person okay. report <laughs> for the 11 pounds he lost. Hello? <laughs> I've lost something. <laughs> I need you to help me find it. <laughs> okay, what is it? Where was the last place you had it? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. On my ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what are we talking today? I hope that comes through. Hey, I don't know if the mic's picking that up. I might have to jack that up. But yeah, A Quiet Place, part two. Should we do the whole thing in whispers? Yeah. Yeah, we should. Let's <laughs> let's fucking talk about this movie now, man. So, A Quiet Place, the first one. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I know you did like it a lot. I think... Was it number two on my? No, I think it was number one on yours. Oh my god, it was number one. Yeah. It, it won a duty. It did win a duty for you, bro. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we so can keep it up. <laughs> oh man, um, but yeah, you you really liked a quiet place. Loved it. So this has got big shoes to fill for me. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I've watched it a bunch since then. I actually watched it pretty recently, and I don't like it as much with each viewing. But I love that it's very original. Like there was no movies like that at the time, and especially when horror is very oversaturated. Yeah, it's especially it, with bad horror. Yeah, bad horror is very oversaturated, and for something that is marketed a horror movie, but I feel like it goes more for the suspense than it does the actual like frights. And it's yeah. it's not a jump scare movie, and it's a, a very original premise. Um, and then even since it came out, there was like two other like The Silence and Bird Box are both movies that follow the same type of thing where it's like, oh, you can't do something based on like human condition. Otherwise the monster is going to kill you. Yeah. Like a bunch of rip off movies. Yeah. Rip off movies. I mean, I, bird box was, I think a book before, but still like this, I think was very original and it made for a very suspenseful and unique film at the time. So, uh, I still like it. I think you like it more than I do though. Yeah. I only watched it the one time I've been dying to show Megan, but she's hesitant. It's on Hulu. <laughs> Oh yeah, 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 yeah! I knew it was somewhere. 
But uh, she's she's like, oh, I kind of don't want to. She doesn't want to be sad. Do you think? Oh, I was gonna. Do you think she'll be sad? But then there's that one part that's kind of sad. Yeah, it's real sad. That's what I mean. Like that movie really like touched me. It the suspense and it's insane. Like I've never felt like it was like making my stomach hurt. How like on edge I was watching it. Yeah. So I don't know if it would have the same effect the second time. But I mean, come on, the cast. Like I love, I love the the fucking the Rinsky. Oh yeah, <laughs> John Karinsky. <laughs> Karinsky. I love the Sinsky. That doesn't <laughs> yeah. sound as good. I'm, I'm wondering what Krasinski. Krasinski. I guess it could still be Rinsky. Yeah, I love the the Krankski. <laughs> I like Jim. I like <laughs> I like the Johnny Crans. <laughs> Any movie Jim Halpertson, I'm cool with. Yeah. Actually, I mean, we're gonna Emily talk about Emily Blunt. Yeah. She's amazing. She's and, so good. And Noah Jupe, man. The fucking jupe. <laughs> the fucking jupe. The jupe. Okay, how was he not nominated? Right? Yeah, I thought he was... I mean, maybe it's because of the type of movie he's in, but... Snubs galore. Uh, Roman uh, Griffin Jr. Davis, man. Yeah. <laughs> he was nominated. I think he, I think Noah Jupe was better. Definitely. But anyway, yeah, I mean, great cast on this. And we're going to get into the trailer, but... John Krasinski looks like he's developing some serious chops behind the camera. Hell yeah. 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 You want to take a look? We can take a look if you want to. Take a peek. Take a peek. It's funny because we're always like, you want to you want to look at this trailer, but our listeners are just like, well, we're just going to have to hear it while you guys talk over it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some fun we're having. Day one. I actually, I really like that the trailer starting up with day one because that was something that a lot of people were like, well, I want to know. Well, how did it happen? Yeah, yeah. what happened? Ripping pieces, buddy. Oh man, that's so sad. <laughs> it's okay. Mom. Yeah. What a cool look, like from the back seat. Yeah. It's okay. You don't see that very often. From the back seat, and it looks like it's one long take. I mean, granted, yeah. I'm sure a lot of this is CGI, but still, like. Just the way the scene is awesome, yeah. That's that's such a cool like you don't see that. Yeah. Like ever. Like it's so fucking cool. You sent me the the trailer actually the first time I watched it and I was like, oh nice, I'll like watch this. And I was watching, and I was like, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> that's kinda how I felt. Like seeing the trailer come out, I was just like, oh nice. I was I was ready for it. I was excited. But then watching it, I was like, oh fuck. I watched it like six times. Yeah, it's it's really good. That scene right there is just worth watching. Yeah. We still have another, like, two minutes of this. This like aspect of the movie though, where there's there other people, people there and it looks like they're equally as dangerous as like the aliens. Yeah, I really like that concept. That they're bringing you don't know, do you? I do. Oh, 
going down on the shotgun. Hell yeah. I am all about it. Yeah, this looks... I'm very excited for it. Dude, and it's in March. It's not even that far away. Yeah, I was... You know, you want to know? They said that they were making this, and I was kind of like, man, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. And especially, like, the way John Krasinski described, like, the whole way this movie came about kind of rubbed me the wrong way, where the studio was basically like, hey, John, we want you to do two. And he was like, nah, I don't really want to do that. And they were like, well, we'll make it without you, like, with or without you. And he was like, God damn it. Okay, I'll do it because I don't want someone else to fuck it up. Yeah. But like that film, like the way to make a movie kind of bothers me. Well, yeah, it's shitty. Like to put the artist in a position where it's like, well, you have to. Yeah. That fucking sucks. Yeah. So that like rubbed me the wrong way. So I was kind of like, I don't know how good it's going to be or not. But watching this trailer has gotten me like so much more hyped up for it. Yeah, dude. This is like fucking hype city. Like there's so many hot ass trailers come because we talked about in our we talked about tenet yeah and we talked about in our anniversary episode just like the the movies that we were excited for like the double deuce is looking fucking sick like i'm i'm digging the trailers that we're getting right now yeah we were in like a weak spot for trailers for a minute like towards the end of the year we were like man like the coming attractions don't look good because we were getting all the january movies Mm -hmm. but now we're getting trailers for like the march april may movies and i'm fucking into it yeah today in dolby actually we saw this we saw tenet and we saw bond and there was something else that i was like okay i'm like i'm cool with that but there was like four movies that i was that i was here for that played today that's what like it's actually cool to watch these trailers like Mm -hmm. i would be happy to watch the like until these movies are out because normally i take notes when i'm if i get there early enough for the trailers i just sit there and take notes these are movies i would actually just watch yeah, watch the trailers for just sitting there like fuck yes like into it they get me hyped mm-hmm. it's funny there was like four trailers that i was into and then the other four were like just like dog shit horror movies and i was like yep, oh, yeah it is january but yeah like i keep seeing the fantasy island one pop up and i haven't seen that one in theaters yet but i keep seeing um like the invisible man one with elizabeth oh, Moss yeah and the turning and like antebellum and stuff so i don't i don't know there's some that i'm not not about but uh I think as opposed to this time last year, there are more trailers in January to be hyped for. Yeah. And I can't remember your list, but my top five most anticipated movies, two of them we didn't even have trailers for yet. So yeah, it's true. You know, 20, 2020 looks like it could be a pretty good year. I would be surprised if it's as good as 19. Though. Excuse 19, yourself, the double deuce. The double deuce. I'd be surprised if the double deuce turns out to be a better year than 19 because this year just turned it on yeah. the last two months. This is a fucking slap fest. Yeah, but so I mean, what you're you're hyped for this? Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because like it really doesn't tell you too much. All we know is it's taking place. Like you get a little taste of what happened day one, and then you also get to see where they're going now post the first movie. Yeah, it seems like it's picking up pretty close to after because she had just had the baby in the first one, and it's still a little newborn in this. So. It doesn't look like they're letting too much time pass, which yeah. makes sense. One thing, I mean, I said I, I like the aspect that they're bringing in other people. I love Killian Murphy. Yeah, that's actually really cool that he's in this too. But I like that aspect just because, like, the first one was really original because it had the, you know, the whole thing with the majority of the movie is going to be quiet. I don't know if you could have done the same thing again. Right, and the novelty might have worn yeah. off. So I like that they're almost bringing in a new threat. And it looks like now that they've done the first movie and they showed you the, the creature and stuff, 
it looks like they're like, okay, we'll show you the creature. Like, I mean, they showed a decent amount in this trailer. Yeah. And it looks like we'll show you that, but you're going to have to be afraid of a lot more than just that alien in this next movie. Yeah, which is smart. Because, yeah. like, now, especially now, it's like, all right, we know the weakness of this thing. Like, we know you can kill it. There's a way to kill it. And they know how to do it. And especially the way, like, the first one ended, and she's, like, full badass. Yeah. Which is awesome. That's like, That scene divides so many people. Some people like it, and then some people are like, what the fuck was that shotgun cock bullshit? <laughs> I was all for it. Yeah. I, I didn't, I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, girl, get it. <laughs> that was, that's something that I've, every other person I talked to, they're like, I don't like that. Like, Whatever. Yeah. Everyone else can suck it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they're also showing the monster just broad daylight. Like, they're really not hiding it. But yeah, I mean, you, you kind of have to bring in another element now that you've, literally shined a light on what the monster is because in the first trailers for a quiet place you never saw it yeah you don't even see the monster in the first movie for like what over an hour yeah yeah well you see a flash, flash of it in the very yeah, beginning quick. and then you get another small glimpse of it when the guy commits suicide spoiler alert yeah um but then yeah a lot of the scenes that you see it take place at night and they're done in like very like weird lighting like there's the scene with the water where it's got like a red light under it and yeah. which is uh, also very cool yeah and the, the scene where it's in like that silo which is all dark so yeah now it looks like they're just showing it out in broad daylight which is which is cool because i actually really like the design of it i know a lot of people were kind of like it looks kind of like the demogorgon but yeah i thought the creature design in this movie was really good yeah i mean even the demogorgon looks kind of <clears throat> derivative of the monsters from last of us yeah yeah you're right I never even thought about that, but yeah. yeah. That was like one of the first things I thought when Stranger Things came out. Stranger Things borrows a lot of things from a lot of different things. <laughs> yeah, that's but, kind of the whole shtick of the show. Yeah. But yeah. We are every Spielberg movie in one. <laughs> but yeah, man. I'm I'm really excited for this. Uh, I d- wouldn't even need it. I think we'll get another trailer, but I don't need another trailer. I'm sold on it already. Yeah, it looks fucking awesome. I kind of don't want to know anything else about it. And the trailer for the first Quiet Place was awesome too. Yeah, very different though, mm-hmm. which is gets me even more excited because I think the reason this trailer is more exciting and more uh, it's louder, more action. Yeah, I think it's to show you like it is going to be different from a Quiet Place. They're not just going to recycle the same kind of idea. Like they're going to bring a new element to it. Which, mm-hmm. yeah, That's, I'm all sorts of pumped. I was I was going to say the first the trailer for the first one was more so selling you on hey this is like uh almost a silent film like it's unique it's unique it's really cool this one is basically being like hey so the franchise is turning in a new direction and i mean this i actually think looks more horror than the last one yeah this is one that i know i'm gonna need at least like a squad to go see it with (laughs) because if anybody fucking mutters a word during this i will just straight up stand and i'll just like shut the fuck up (laughs) because that would drive me insane like i'm glad i didn't see the first quiet place in theaters because i heard when it came out there was like problems with like people people get uncomfortable in just silence Mm -hmm. so like if somebody's whispering you're gonna hear that especially when the movie is dead quiet I saw it twice in theaters. I saw it once in Dolby, and then I saw it the first time I ever saw it was at Chester. Oh, yeah. And uh, there was some old lady in the back hacking up a lung for the majority of the movie. Oh, my and God. And so it was just quiet, and you just hear coughing. You're like, can you just <laughs> die outside already? But it, well, 
I guess one one last thing. How much of this do you think is going to be on day one? You think it's just going to be a quick thing at the beginning of the movie? Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a lot of it. There might be like some. There might be a couple of moments where they like kind of flash back to it because it looks like you also get to see some of Killian Murphy on day one. Mm-hmm. That's so, yeah. I don't know. I I would like it if they went into a little bit of like the. I don't even need to know the how did it come about. I just want to know like the what was it like? What happened? It, yeah. yeah. Which is almost like uh, you've seen I Am Legend. Yeah. They, they kind of show you like the beginnings of, you know, day one. Yeah. And that movie. I like that. Yeah. I, so, yeah. You have anything else on this? I don't. I'm All just right. going to fucking change my pants real quick so we can talk about 1917. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, man. We, we made it. We made it to 1917. We could have talked about this movie in September and we would have gotten fined. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> We would have, we would have never been invited to an advanced screening of anything ever again. Yeah, and that's real advanced because like usually when it's like, oh, come to an advanced screening, it's like a week or two before. Mm-hmm. We saw this movie like fucking four months ago. Yeah, uh, we saw it four months ago and we couldn't talk about it. I mean, I nope. talked about it to friends and family about it. Like, yeah, but, but I also too. I didn't didn't spoil anything. And it was funny because we, we we would lightly mention it on the podcast, but be like, oh, we can't say what movie it is. I was going to say, it's funny, though, because they made us like sign a waiver. They bagged our phone. They're like, you cannot say anything about this movie. Like, you know, you're you're not allowed. Yeah. And uh, we had to sign like there was like six pages of paperwork to go through. And, but it was it was like not, not funny. But I remember leaving the theater and being like, man, I really want to talk about this movie to people. And then on Twitter the next day. I saw people that were like, saw the early screening. It's Saving Private Ryan meets Birdman. And I'm like, <laughs> Jesus. What? <laughs> like, yeah. just saying, like, because when we went into it, they hadn't said yet that, like, yeah, it's a one-take movie. Yeah, like one shot. Yeah. That, for me, sitting in the theater when it was happening, I was getting, like, I was in, like, holy shit mode. Like, holy yeah. shit, they're, that's awesome. And then they they said maybe, like, a month or two later, like, what the deal was and that that they were trying to pull it off. And then they released that behind the scenes trailer showing like how they were making it, which I was so happy to see. Cause when we saw it that first time, I was like, I remember just watching it and I couldn't have my notebook with us because yeah, we we weren't allowed, you know, to do any note, like anything like that. But I just remember like looking at my watch and be like, man, it's been like 20 minutes. I'm like, this is a really long take. This Mm -hmm. is cool. And then like, it's been like 40 minutes. This is like, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this whole movie is just one shot. Yeah. Like, it's fucking insane. It's the the way it started it up too. like the, the movie starts up with characters walking towards the camera. Yeah. And I was like in, in my chair, like same thing. This is a long take. And then after like five minutes and it's, and it basically changed settings a little bit. Like they moved into a different room yeah. and kept going. I was like, Oh my God, are they going to try and pull this off in a world war one movie? Like that's fucking awesome. Yeah. And it's funny. Cause uh, we did the trailer park for this a long time ago. Yeah. And we were super hyped just on the trailer. And I remember you had brought up that you don't see a lot of World War One movies mm-hmm. because World War One was fought in trenches. Yeah. So we were talking about when we watched the trailer, because the first trailer doesn't tell you anything about the way that the movie was shot no. or how the movie's going to play out. We were talking about, like, this is going to be interesting because it's really hard to shoot a movie like that. But I was also and like, holy shit. Yeah. I was also, though, like, if anyone's going to pull it off, though, it's going to be Roger Deakins because he's fucking amazing. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that was like, that was the one thing that I think we were 
at least I was super excited for was like Roger Deakins behind the camera. I really like Sam Mendes, but Roger Deakins is like a legend. I mean, yeah. everything he does is so good. Yeah, That screening that we went to, when we went, they didn't have credits. They had placeholder credits, but they had like the big name show up. And when Roger Deakins' name showed up, it got he got like a like an ovation. People yeah, started. Like everybody was yeah. clapping and hooting and hollering. Yes. Yeah. yeah, but you want you want to talk about uh, all the all the people involved yeah. before yeah. we get too deep? Yeah, Sam Mendes is your director and writer. This is actually his first time writing. Oh, really? Movie. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I mean, directing he did Skyfall, Jarhead, Rotor Perdition, American Beauty. And then Christy Wilson Cairns is uh, the other writer on it, and she's done a few like shorts and stuff like that. She's actually the writer on Last Night in Soho, which is the movie that I told you about, the Edgar Wright horror movie. Right. So that's really cool. The cast on this is pretty lean. I mean, there's a lot of people in it, but yeah. there's really only two people you you're with. Yeah. You know the trailers. I guess this is a little bit of a spoiler, but some people I think might be disappointed if they don't know this. The trailers yeah. pitch it like. Richard Madden and Benedict Cumberbatch and stuff, and they're in it for like two minutes. Like yeah. they're not in it. The whole movie. I think like Colin Firth is in it for. He, yeah, he's only in minutes. it in the in the beginning when he gives him the mission and stuff like that. Yeah, it's really uh, George McKay plays Lance Corporal Schofield. He's basically your main character. Yeah, and then uh, Dean Charles Chapman plays Lance Corporal Blake, which he's actually been in two movies this year. He was in yeah. The King and he's in Blinded by the Light, and then everyone That's knows right. him from Game of Thrones. Daniel Mays shows up. Colin Firth shows up. Mark Strong, fan of the pod. Yep. <laughs> Every time we talk about him now. Fan of the pod. He's a listener. Avid listener. Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, Richard Madden, another Game of Thrones tie. Yeah. They all come in and kind of do their part and then get out of there. But it's really just the the two are yeah. there the whole time. So the, whole, the, the premise of the movie is just these two are sent on this mission to inform this unit not to advance because they're walking into a trap. Yeah. And the reason that they're chosen is because one of them uh, has a brother in that unit. Mm -hmm. So he's like, if you don't get this message to them in 24 hours or however long they have, it might not even be 24 hours. It might even be a little less or something, but yeah, it, if you don't get this to them, like thousands of men are going to die. Mm -hmm. And I then that's it. It's like, okay, bye, go get out of my office. Yeah, and then he, that's the whole movie. Is that oh, dude? He he says to him because I, I saw it again today actually, and yeah. when he tells him they're like, "Aren't you sending more people?" and he's like, "You're quicker on foot if you have less people." <laughs> like, yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, they did say I didn't pick this up the first time we we saw it. They did say that the one character is like one of the best people like at using like a map and a compass and stuff. Like he's like right. a good, he's uh, a good navigator. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why they, they picked him along with, Hey, your brother's in there. So you should probably, yeah, probably hustle extra motivation <laughs> yeah. to get your ass over there. Yeah. I've, you know, I think that people are, you know, are saying it is a lot like Birdman, and it, it, I guess it is just because well, of only the cinematography. In, yeah. Only in that yeah. aspect. I think though, if you actually wanted to like compare it to like other movies more accurately it's kind of like a dunkirk saving private ryan mix yeah dunkirk is a lot of like you're against the clock and right. saving private ryan is kind of like the family tie behind it yeah and i think the grittiness of saving private ryan comes through in this a little bit move or this movie a little bit yeah yeah definitely because they do not shy away from like the blood and the gore of war no yeah it's not like gory in the sense of like excessive like just for the sake of using buckets of blood like it's i think it's a very accurate depiction of war mm -hmm. 
And that's coming from somebody who's never seen it firsthand. <laughs> but like, there's a lot of parts. Again, it's not like it's not a blood fest. There are definitely parts with a lot of blood, but a lot of the parts is more so like dead bodies, like basically like strewn across the battlefield, oh, or like yeah, some of when there's like really mortar cool. strike craters and stuff, and you see like limbs hanging out of like the dirt that have just been like buried in like the you know the yeah. earth. Basically, a lot of that stuff is like holy shit. And they they do a lot of things where like the camera will like kind of do a three sixty, and you'll something will be right there. Yeah, and it'll it'll kind of just it doesn't linger on it, just glances at it, but it's startling like when you see it. Moves by it, yeah. yeah. But yeah, actually, I picked this up today. There are more dead animals in this movie than Pet Cemetery. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Because I was watching, I was like, man, there's like a lot of like there's a dog, there's some some horses, there's a whole field of cows. Like, I didn't realize the first time I saw it, I didn't pick up on it. Granted, yeah. I, I was actually thinking about this today. I wonder how many things were added in post if they did CGI. Because when we saw, the, yeah. They had mentioned that not all the CGI was finished. Finished, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, do you want to start on the cinematography? Because that's where everyone's going to talk about it. Or do you want to start with something else? Ooh, no, let's start on the cinematography. Because I feel like I feel like that's the biggest load we got to blow. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I know what you're saying. Nah, nah I mean. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> let's blow this load. Bro. <laughs> yeah, baby. That's the noise that you make. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> What? Yeah, man, the cinematography is unreal. Oscar. Yeah, it, give him an Oscar. I heard people saying like they're not gonna give it to him because he won two years ago. Who cares? That, that is bullshit. Yeah, who cares? If you fucking kill it two years ago, and then you kill it again, you get two. Yeah, like like Tom Hanks won Best Actor two years in a row. I feel like the, there's it's not happened. recently, a couple years ago. Yeah, but, but like I think this is like. I th- I'm sure it's been done more times, but this is the third notable time a movie has done a one-shot-looking movie. Yeah. Hitchcock did it in, like, the 40s or 50s, like, a long time ago. Right. And then Birdman and now this. I feel like this is by far the hardest to pull off, though, because oh, it's yeah. a war movie and because of the scale. And the and, terrain and the terrain traversing. And stuff like that. And... It's super, super impressive. And there's a few shots that are just, like, draw-droppingly awesome. And... It's funny, like, my brother isn't, like, a, he's not, like, a huge movie guy. Like, he likes going to the movies with me, and he's got the A-list. But, like, when we talk about movies, it's more about the plot, not, like, the technical stuff. Right. And we were in the car, and he was like, man, that one shot with the crater and the water is amazing. And I was like, oh, bro, yeah. that's my favorite shot of the whole movie. I was, like, so proud. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I was like, good job, man. Like, good boy. But there's there's some really, really sick uh, ways that they they make this a one like they could have been lazy I guess and have done it like the whole movies from their back yeah but they they actually like got a new camera it's a brand new lighter camera that they could do a lot more things and it allowed them to do like 360s with it so there's a lot of times where like they'll be walking with the the people or the characters and then the camera will like rotate in front of them yeah they said that a rule they had for this movie though is that the camera always had to be in forward motion. Right. It can never go backwards. Like so crazy. Yeah. So everything in terms of this movie is planned super meticulously to be able to pull this off. I actually watched the thing. They built every set as a miniature first and then planned the path. And right. then they had them act out the scenes for four months straight before they built the set because they needed to get the timing down of the scenes. And then they actually built the sets and then they let them film it. That's incredible. Yeah. That's so fucking insane. It, yeah, it's it, this. It's really a, it's an achievement. Like yeah, 
you want to talk about like ambitious films like yeah it's like next level i can see why it wins best picture just for the amount of dedication and the amount of work that goes into pulling off something like that it's crazy yeah there's a few scenes in this that i think are like some of my favorite cinematography like in years in a really long time but yeah, when we left the theater, when we saw it the first time in September, we were like, that that wins cinematography, right? Like, there's nothing else that's going to top that. And we're yeah, like, no. we already we already knew. <laughs> yeah, so, and I feel like this has actually been a strong year for cinematography. Like, you know, Midsummer we liked a lot, and there's a few other movies. Uh, I really like Joker yeah. for cinematography, but I think that like nothing else for me even comes close to this. No, it's like a whole nother level. Yeah. Do you have a favorite shot or a favorite favorite moment of it? Oh man. So, I mean, I love love when he he comes down, like he escapes the city mm-hmm. and like that shot of going down the river with him and then when he got kind of gets washed up closer to shore, then he has to crawl over all the dead bodies. Oh yeah. <laughs> Fucking cool. Yeah. Fucking cool. It's gnarly too. <laughs> yeah. That whole that whole scene is really cool too, uh, because when he's going down the river, they used a lot. They like attached the camera to a drone. Yeah. So like, there's a bunch where it's like high up, pointing directly down, but it's still moving. It's like a tracking shot, mm-hmm. and you know, with the direction of the water and stuff, it it looks so cool. That's that's probably one of my favorite scenes. And then most of the parts in the beginning when they're kind of going through what they call, I think it's the Deadlands. Yeah, I think it's is that what they call it? I think so. All of that that I love though, where they're going through like all the trenches and the like the mortar strikes, and there's like a big part where they go through um a uh, like a field where there's like all the like the mortars and they're like yeah. broken down and stuff. That was all really cool. That was one of the big moments where I was just at like already I was like wow they're like really going for it in this movie, and then you get to there and it's like all right well. Obviously, they're they're gonna have to cut here because there's no way you can just like walk a camera up here. But then like it goes through like the brush and everything, and there's like skeletons and there's fucking like pikes in the ground and everything like that. And it just like comes up over that little bit of a hill that they climb up, that mud hill, yeah. to get to all of the fucking mortared out field. And I'm just like, oh man, this movie's they're <laughs> fucking doing it and it like actually goes like up and down into like all the different pits and like you said earlier with like the bodies and the tanks all falling into the holes and shit like yeah fucking crazy like the design of that's fucking insane like they had to ruin a real field for this movie oh yeah yeah they they actually it was over they built over 5200 feet of trenches for this movie that's crazy <laughs> so it's yeah it's nuts i saw this though because I was also curious about how they did some scenes. Like the big scene, I think like the climax they show in the trailer is when he's running alongside the trenches Yeah. towards the end of the movie and there's explosions and shit. I guess we'll take a, a moment just to talk about this, but the way they filmed that I thought was so cool, the way they thought of it, where the camera starts on one side of the trench and it's on there and they filmed it with a car and a crane and the camera's mounted to the crane. Mm-hmm. When he leaves the trench on the other side, the camera, which is attached to the crane, is on the other side. They had people who were dressed up as extras, like soldiers. The camera was built in a way where you could just take it off. Yeah. They removed the camera from the crane, yeah. ran the backwards, attached it to another crane on another car, 
then ran backwards, and then when the camera passed them, they played it off like as if they were actors. It's so crazy. Yeah. It's so <laughs> insane. And I, I showed Ryan. I was like, look, look at how crazy that is. And it, just one other thing that was really cool. There's on two different occasions when he's running through them and people are running out of the trenches, he gets knocked into by two different people. Yeah. That was accidental. Yeah. And it's just, it's just whatever happens, happens because yeah. this is the fucking take. Yeah. They, and they said that take, that scene, they could only do it four times because that was the amount of explosives that they got. They, wow. bas- they basically said after four takes, he can't do it anymore. That's crazy. Yeah. So I think that that take though is really awesome because it's it feels so real because he's falling over and Right. It doesn't feel perfect and cinematic in the in like an unbelievable it's cinematic because of how well it's shot and how amazing the moment is and how big it is because it's like right at the end of the movie. Yeah. But like not in like it's not perfect. Like it's not like crisp and fluid in the mo like it doesn't feel choreographed. Mm-hmm. It feels real like it feels like he's just been through hell and is now running through a fucking battlefield in the wrong direct like like so (laughs) everybody's running from east to west and he's running from north to south yeah like just trying to cross between everybody and then like there's explosions happening behind him and in front of him so like you'll just see an explosion right in front of the camera and then like he he stumbles through through the smoke Yeah. yeah like fucking crazy yeah it's it's really really awesome i can't if it doesn't win cinematography i'll be pissed (laughs) i'll be heated this is also one of my favorite sequences there's a sequence at night when there's flares being shot into the sky oh yeah and the lighting in the scene is really awesome because like the flares are getting shot into the sky and the germans like Basically, when the flares are up, they can see and they're taking shots at them and stuff like that. Right. But they're trying to figure out how to compose this scene. But they're like, okay, we're going to have to figure out how long the flares are going to be lit. And then we're going to be and then they had to figure out because the flares are in the sky, where are the shadows going to be and where is it going to allow us to shoot? Because if the shadows are in certain areas, then our person on screen is not going to come out. Right. So in the miniature that they built of the city, they were basically like taking a light rig and putting it up and finding out where the shadows were going to be and where they needed to shoot the flares off in order to shoot it. That's so (laughs) insane. Yeah. Dude, talk about craft and fucking ingenuity. Yeah. They're incredible, man. That scene is really cool just from, like, the lighting standpoint because it looks looks so cool. Yeah. And I love, like, the oranges and, like, the really deep blacks and stuff like that, so. Orange is the new black. Oh, wow, man. That, <laughs> I get it now. now. <laughs> but, yeah, you you want get, to get move on to something else? Uh, well, I feel like, uh, so if, once we move off of cinematography and, like, the visuals of this movie and we start talking about the movie itself, like, what the story is, uh, how the acting is, all that, I feel like we need to blow the door open on spoilers. Okay. All right? Yeah. So, spoilers here. Boom. So we talked, there's pretty much only two guys in this. Yeah. I was shocked because there's really only one and a half guys in this. <laughs> yeah. Not saying that, like, he's got no legs or something, but somebody dies. Mm-hmm. And God damn it, I did not see that coming. Yeah. The, so I guess we're doing spoilers. So I'll just yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, we just say. The guy that you would assume they would want to live to have the most, like, emotional payoff is not the guy who lives. Nope. And, uh... The- the brother. Yeah. And it, the way that he goes out to is really tragic because he goes out trying to save a German. Like he pulls a German out of a uh, a plane wreck, which yeah. we didn't even mention that scene is crazy uh, also. Yeah. 
but uh, he pulls the German out and he's like, no, get him water. Like we, you know, he's, he's not, he's not dying, but like get him water. He needs, he needs like to drink. And then while yeah. he's doing that, the guy stabs him and he, he ends up dying. Yeah. It's so fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I did think, I think they added more blood to that scene. Oh really? When we saw oh, it. I don't know. It was really bloody. Yeah. I, it was like, he was fucking just totally maroon yeah. by the end of it. Just burgundy like deep dark red i think uh you know i said the grittiness of saving private ryan it reminded me a lot about the scene towards the end of saving private ryan when the guy gets shot trying to go up the hill oh, and they yeah. like they open up his like vest and he's just bleeding Blood out of there everywhere, yeah, yeah and they start giving it reminded me of that like that's kind of the grittiness you're gonna get in this movie yeah but yeah man it was it was sad too because like you don't there's not a lot in this movie in terms of like character like it's definitely yeah. more about the experience and the and journey and the journey less than the, the actual characters in the movie. But I actually really liked his character because he was telling like funny stories and stuff. And I liked the relationship between the two. He of them. was the more charming one. Yeah. He, he was the one who was trying to kind of survive in a different way than just protecting his life. Like you, you always see in like, you know, army movies, there's usually like somebody who's like quippy and snarky and trying to be funny and stuff. Mm -hmm. But like, I feel like this was a much more real interpretation of like a very similar idea of just the guy who's trying to stay lighthearted and trying to stay innocent in a really ugly situation. Yeah. Cause I'm, I could only imagine how difficult it is to maintain your sanity and your sense of humanity during war mm -hmm. and i think he is really that anchor out of the two of them who is trying to maintain humanity which is shown in the fact that he wants to try and save the enemy soldier because mm -hmm. in his eyes he's like we're not fighting right now he can't move anyways let's just get him some water and we can keep on our path but there's no need to kill him because especially during that time like pre-world war ii really like there were some kind of like rules of engagement where it's like you don't kill prisoners of war you don't do xyz and and this is all you know pre quote-unquote war crimes mm -hmm. but it was basically the same idea like there's just some things that you just don't do like if you have a prisoner already you don't kill them yeah and i think that's kind of where his head was at and then he ended up dying for it yeah because the fucking germans <laughs> you don't trust a german man so one thing this movie taught me is fuck Germany. <laughs> no, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> All of them. Whoa. Even today. <laughs> no. <laughs> Actually, it was funny. There's a scene, not to get too off, off the track and stuff, but there's a scene where a rat blows up a tripwire. Oh, yeah. Which is crazy. That was... That's one of my favorite moments in the... But my mom was like, she said she was like, the damn rats started it all. And I was like, well, technically it was the Germans. <laughs> yeah, they put the bomb there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, but it was a German rat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> The character that you would think would be there till the end is not. And um Yeah, the emotional anchor gone. Yeah. You still get a pretty good emotional payoff at the end though. Oh yeah, no, it's great. So And I, I actually love that decision because it subverts your expectations, but also it gives a better story arc to the character who's remaining. Mm-hmm. Because he is the more stoic one. He is the one he's not really telling too much of what he has to fight for what he has to live for and go back home to like that's all kind of kept very close to the to the chest for him you don't find out until literally the last moments of the movie that he's got a wife and kid yeah like he says like my family but like 
you know, yeah, that could just be like his mom and dad, his mom and dad, but then sisters, yeah, at the very end of the movie, he pulls out a picture and it's his like child, and and the back of it says like, "Please come back home" or something like that. Yeah, but I love that they didn't they didn't need to tell you his reason for staying alive and fighting through it, Mm -hmm. but also seeing his demeanor change throughout. And by the end of it, when he's delivering information, he looks dead inside. Yeah. Like he like he looks like he saw hell. <laughs> and he did. Like he he literally just like walked through fire throughout most of this movie. And he looks drained by yeah. the end of it. <laughs> he gets also like he gets to the the bunker that Colonel McKenzie, who's played by Benedict Cumberbatch, is in. Yeah. And they're basically like, you can't come in here. And they like detain him. And he just like fucking breaks away. He's like, yeah, he's like, fuck (laughs) this. I've done enough. Yeah. I really like what they give you with the characters. They don't give you a ton, but I think you do get a lot of emotional payoff in the end and stuff like that. And then, and then, yeah, they, I mean, again, spoilers, they do meet up with his brother. Like, you know, his brother, he finds him, did not die in the, in the battle because they do send one battalion over. They, Right, they, they, he doesn't get their right at the beginning to call the whole attack off. So some people do die, but his brother's not among them, and he gives him like his his dog tag and like I think his rings. He took his rings off his finger. Yeah, and you know he's basically just like he wasn't alone. Like he saved my life, and then and then he says like if it's okay with you, can I write to your mom and just tell him like that he wasn't alone and this and that. And he's, yeah, and Richard super super sweet moment. Yeah, really good. And Richard Madden's only in this movie again for like two minutes. Yeah, but. That moment was was hitting me in the feels. Like, yeah, dude. Because he, it looks like he's a higher up. Yeah. And he's trying really hard to keep it together in that scene. Yeah. So it, it it's cool that they they played it that way. Of like, you want to show emotion, but in a way that is reserved. So it's like you're showing emotion by hiding emotion. So yeah. to act that out, like that's fucking great. Like, mm-hmm. I think everybody played a really good part in this. And it, I mean that's. It's hard to say that necessarily because nobody has like a really big part in it except for the two guys. Mm-hmm. But they got great actors to fill these really small roles, and I'm glad that they did because like everybody really knocks it out of the part. And I fucking hated Benedict Cumberbatch because oh, for when a second, he shows up? yeah, because when when he gets there and he's just like, you have to call it off. It's an order from this person. Benedict Cumberbatch is just like, nah. Yeah. Well, Mark Strong like, tells him he's no, like, "No, we're gonna keep going." Yeah. Mark Strong's character says, like halfway through the movie, he's like, "If you make it to him, make sure there are people around." And he was like, "Why?" He's like, "Because some people just like the fight." And, yeah. And then when he gets to him, he basically is like, "Call it off." And he's like, "No, I'm not doing that. We've got him on the run." And then he like yeah. makes him read the letter, and then he's like, "Fuck, man." Yeah. And then he's not even like happy he's that like, he has he's to call like, it off. The only the only way this war is gonna end is last man standing. Yeah. <laughs> and then he he says to you know the main character he's basically just like okay now can you can you fuck off <laughs> yeah he, he literally tells him to go fuck off <laughs> <laughs> what a dick <laughs> yeah yeah but i forgot i even forgot to mention like mark strong's addition to this movie is really good too the way yeah. he like helps him out and like and that moment too when he's like in the truck and everything oh yeah that and- scene actually like i think when we saw it the first time i was like kind of I was almost like blown away a little bit by a lot of stuff. So there were some things that I wasn't even taking in, but that moment in the truck watching it this time, that's right after his friend dies. And that scene is great because he's around all these people who he doesn't know, who don't know him. And they're all like laughing and joking amongst themselves. And he's sitting in between them grieving his friend. Yeah. So it's all these people laughing and 
I mean, we, we should also talk about the score, but the score's got like a very like somber, somber yeah. tone to it. And it's just the juxtaposition between the people laughing and then him and the music and stuff is just, it's great. Yeah. Whoa. Like this movie was whoa all the way. I think there were a number of times when this, when we were watching it and I was just like, <laughs> fuck. Like when we saw it the first time, you, when, when we saw it the first time, you were actually getting a little motion sickness, you said. <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in all fairness to the movie, we were sitting in like the third row. Yeah. So we were like, I was like head tilted back. Like it was tough and being that close to the screen and the way that it's shot and so much spinning around the characters. That being said, I feel like I would still get a little bit motion sick. Like, cause I get like car sick and stuff. If I'm not driving, I get car sick real easy. So I, f- I feel like if you have like a, like a sensitive stomach in that sense, where you get like dizzy and whatnot, this movie might fuck with you a little bit. Like, you know, how some <laughs> movies like have that warning where it's like lots of bright flashing lights and stuff, epilepsy, possible trigger, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. This one, it's like, if you, if you get sick in the car easy, this one might mess up your tummy a bit. <laughs> like I had, I had my popcorn. I barely ate my popcorn. Cause I was just like, woof, I'm not feeling <laughs> <Feel good."> this. <laughs> yeah. I'm not feeling real good. I'm hoping that it's just because I was sitting close. I haven't had a chance to see it again. I absolutely need to see this again. I would love to see it in Dolby. It thanks. was it was worth it, man. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. I was just sitting at home all day. Oh, nice. <laughs> you fucking dick. <laughs> my that this was uh me and my dad like we, we were I really wanted to take him to see it cuz I one he likes seeing more movies and two they've never been to that theater. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Like we we all went. I was talking to them when I came in, and they seemed like thoroughly impressed with the theater too. Yeah, I t- I told them I was like, "Warning, it's loud." <laughs> yeah, like, you should hear the soda. <laughs> <laughs> we hit on it a little bit, but we should talk a little bit about the score and the oh, sound. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. When we saw it, they had even mentioned like you know some of the music's not totally finished, but even then, I think we both like left. We we're like. That was fucking great. What are they talking about? Like the yeah. score is awesome. They they told us that the score was unfinished when we saw it the first time. I have a feeling it might have just been the mixing of it. Yeah, maybe the levels weren't where that's, they wanted it to that's be. That's what I think because I really like the score of this yeah. movie too, and very impactful. Adds a lot of weight to the scenes, which I mean, any score should that should go without saying, but you'd be surprised. Yeah, I mean, we said that we wanted uh, Hilder to win for for Joker. Yeah, that is my favorite score, but this is right there, and this was nominated for a Golden Globe for the score. Thomas Newman does a great job in this, and it's not a score where it's hitting the same beats over and over again. Like it doesn't have like a theme. It's got a lot of different moments to it in terms of the score. Like there's certain moments where this reminded me of Dunkirk, where it's just like the score is almost just like a droning noise, and it's just like humming yeah. in the background and building tension. And then there's other moments like when he's running across the field that you get these great like epic orchestral moments and stuff like that. And yeah, I, all the music. That was actually the first thing my dad said leaving the theater. He was like, I love the score in this. And I was like, yeah. yeah. And the sound design. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, dude. When the rat trips, <laughs> I jumped. Yeah. Like, I feel like a lot of the theater was like, oh, my God, because it's so fucking loud. loud. I jumped today when I saw it, knowing it was gonna happen. Yeah, that's how that's how startling and loud it is. Yeah, you just yeah. can't you can't not jump. Yeah, every it's the sound design in this movie is top notch. I would I don't know if it will be, but I think it definitely could get a nomination for like sound mixing and editing. Yeah, but like I mean, all the guns sound super authentic and they're they're very high in the mix and they they're impactful when when things happen. But then even just like 
smaller things like I was listening for it. I knew that plane was coming. And if you listen like about two minutes before, you can hear that plane. Off in the distance? Off in the distance. That's really cool. Yeah. When rubble falls, all that is is just, it's it's so good. And it's actually funny. If you watch like some of the things of how they're making it, they've got like the camera out there, but then they've got like a boom mic that's like on a pole vault, basically. Yeah. Like, just like hanging in there. Well, yeah, because you can't have like a fucking <laughs> mic guy like that close to everything. I know. Just... It, it looks so ridiculous because it's like the camera's on a crane and then there's just this big furry ball on like a giant <laughs> stick. <laughs> I recommend everyone seeing it on as big and loud of a theater as possible. Yeah, Dolby or IMAX. Yeah. That's the only way to do it. I will, yeah, I, I might go see this. If I can't go to the Dolby, I might go down to Palisades and try to catch this in IMAX. Mm-hmm. My friend, actually, from, from my hockey team, he, on we had a game on Friday night, and he was like, hey, have you seen 1917? And I was like, actually. <laughs> well, now that you mention <laughs> but, it. <laughs> but, uh, but then I told him, he, I was He's like, oh, awesome! I'm seeing it uh, tomorrow, and I was like, what, you know, what theater are you seeing it at? And I, I can't remember if he said IMAX or Dolby. I think he said IMAX. Yeah. But I, I we have a game tomorrow. I was like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna be talking about because I want to know how it is in IMAX and stuff. So yeah. Do you do you have any negatives? I have like a couple. Um, honestly, I don't have much. The motion sickness thing bothered me, and again, it's hard for me to fault the movie completely. It might have been where I'm sitting, but also I do think it is the movie because it's it's a lot of spinning. There's a lot of spinning motion around characters as they're walking. So it's like you said, always moving forward. But when it's so it's pushing forward while also rotating, that really fucks with me. Yeah. And I also feel like there was some moments towards the late second act after after the brother died mm-hmm. when he's going through that city that it just kind of I don't know. I feel I feel like the tone of that. Mo- like that uh, scene kind of stands outside of the rest of the movie. So you're talking about the, the baby scene? Yeah, the baby scene a little bit, but I, I think the I have baby a bunch scene... of gripes around that moment specifically. Like not not yeah. not that moment, but the moments around that moment. <laughs> right, because yeah. that's that's the thing. Is like the baby scene is good because it also establishes part of like why he wants. Like it, it comes back around to the end where like you find out oh he has a kid of his own. Mm-hmm. So like that's not a problem, but it's really more so like when he's traveling through that city, which albeit looks very cool, but there's just some things that happen that are a little bit too like cinematic that are unbelievable. Okay. Yeah, like I wonder if this is what how you're feeling because this is exactly how I feel. The Germans are stormtroopers. In that, oh, they on just that miss moment. everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like like the uh, there's two different moments. One where there's one German soldier. He's got a point blank shot at him. The guy's not moving. He misses. Then he starts running and he's like right behind him and he fires off like three shots and misses all of them. And then they're only within like 10 feet of him. And then he slides into like a basement and the guy just like can't find him. Can't find him. He fucking Looney Tunes him. Yeah. And that to me, I was kind of like, that is a little that feels manufactured for a movie like the convenience of the situation. See, even that didn't bother me nearly as much as afterwards when literally every corner there's a German and there's it feels like there's at least 50 Germans shooting at him and nobody can get him. Well, not one person. Yeah, in that scene when he leaves, he runs into two Germans. One of them's throwing up though, so he, it's not really like Oh yeah, well there's that. But yeah. he kill, he kills the other person, which is something that I do like is that your main character is like has to kill in the movie like sometimes 
you don't want your main character to kill people because it makes them look John bad. Wick. Yeah, unless you're John Wick, and then you love him. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so he kills the one guy, and then he runs off. But then after that, there are two Germans chasing him, shooting at the same time, and neither of them can hit him, and they're like pretty close to him. Yeah. So that like bothered me a little bit. I would have almost preferred like maybe it didn't even have to be the, the second two. It just happened twice in the span of like five minutes where i'm like these guys can't hit shit like i would have actually liked him to have killed the first guy like if he had like ran and then spun around and killed him or something i'm like okay cool yeah. but yeah it was like nobody could hit the backside of a barn <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like so that was a little like theatrical for me and i i didn't like that just because it felt very convenient like yeah yeah that's that's the perfect word for it like it didn't seem very realistic to be able to escape an essentially occupied crumbled city yeah when you're alone and i don't think he even had any guns at that point i think he was just running um that's that's way towards the end i think he has a gun i think he loses his guns in the river Oh, right, which is, that's how he gets away from the city. He jumps down into the river. Yeah. I, I could be wrong, though. I know he has a, he has a knife, I right. think, and then he loses that. But yeah, that's that's something that I was just kind of like, uh, I don't know, man. I, don't, I just don't know about that. Yeah. And then the other negative that I have, it's right around that scene also. When he jumps into the river, it's pitch black out. Like, it's dark. Yeah. Two minutes later, and the movie's supposed to be in real time. Two minutes later, when he yeah. hits the, the end of it, it's light out. And that seems like a kind of a continuity error i don't know if it's necessarily a continuity error because they show it go from dark to light but it just happens so quick yeah. like i would have almost rather have had when he's escaping it almost be like like dawn is gonna come soon or whatever you know right. like the sun is coming up at that moment and then a little bit more gradual of, yeah. a, of a rise yeah that it's it's very noticeable when you see it yeah i mean the way they explain it away in the like earlier in the movie is that because he gets knocked out like yeah. when he he finds like a German shooter up in up in a building on like the third floor or something mm-hmm. and he gets up there and he kills him but the shooter shoots at him too and he falls backwards down the stairs. Yeah. That's the only actual noticeable cut in the movie. Like that's the only yeah. like intentional cut in the movie. Yeah, because he, he blacks out and then the screen goes black and then it comes back and now it's nighttime. Yeah. That part. Do you have anything else? No, no, I feel good months four months we've been waiting <laughs> to talk about this openly yeah on the podcast i think i actually i told this to my friend on my hockey team but and i think we said this but like if you're hoping that you're going to get more character development like more characters you might be a little bit disappointed but the intent of this movie isn't yeah to like tell like a character it's not a character study or anything like that right the intent of this movie is to give you an experience i think and and the event and that's why that was very much the intent of Dunkirk. So I've right. been telling people like, yeah, like if you saw Dunkirk and you like it, you'll probably like enjoy this. I like this more than Dunkirk, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I I probably agree with you. But yeah. I, I really liked it. It's one of my favorites, I think, for the year. It's, yeah. it's a strong contender for top 10. Yeah, for sure. You want to do tomato, tomato? I would love to. Tomato, tomato, tomato. The critics are bringing this in at a 90%. All right. A minus. A minus. Right on the cusp. Tomato. The audience, they're bringing this in at a 90%. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's 90 to 90. Damn, this is going to be hard. <laughs> I will say tomato. Yep. I gave it an A. I am giving this tomato, and I'm also giving it an A. Nice! Yeah, man. <laughs> Great minds think the same. <laughs> they That's are the same person. 
Um, Good minds do things similarly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this is an A. I I really like it. Yeah, same Z's, baby. Also, like fun fact, this movie dethroned Star Wars this weekend at the box office. Really? Yeah. Good job. Kudos. Mm-hmm. Well earned. Respect it. <laughs> I respect you for this. <laughs> I respect you. I respect that- the shit out of you, bruh. I'm happy. I didn't look up how much this movie cost to make, but I, this movie deserves it. Like, yeah. it's definitely an achievement. Yeah, no, definitely. Now, what do you think it's going to get nominated for at the Oscars? Picture. Yep. Director. Yep. Cinematography. cinematography. Do you think the score is going to get in there? Yes. Me too. And I think there's a outside shot that it could get nominated for editing. Yeah, I can see that. And then possibly like a sound design type thing. Yeah, but I don't see best actor, best supporting though. No, I mean... It's weird that it's not... Because like what you said, it's not a character-driven film. It's like the actors are not bad in any way. I actually... The acting is a pro in this movie. Like I usually break my notes down by pros and cons. The acting is very strong in this. It's just nothing that is going to dethrone something like... Adam right. Driver, Marriage Story, Joker. Because like, those are more character-driven performances. Yeah. This is very much like an action... I think the like, the impressiveness comes from the length of the shots. Yeah, and the technical aspect. Because as much as we're like J.O. into like how hard it is to actually film that, imagine what it's like to have to act that out Yeah, and do takes that are that long without fucking anything up. Nail all your lines, nail all of the movements that's basically choreographed, but you're not choreographing a dance where there's like a flow and a rhythm to it. You're choreographing war and trying to travel through rough, rough, shitty terrain without tripping and falling. And they do, (laughs) they do trip and fall and that stays in because that's just the take. Yeah. Fucking incredible. Like, honestly, hats off to everybody involved in this. No snub on the actors, but. Yeah, I just think the the character performance is very different, and I think a lot of people are more deserving. But all of the technical awards this deserves, yeah, maybe think, minus like visual effects because, well, I guess like com- computer, I I don't know how the visual effects category works if it's like visual effects works more so with like CGI, the CGI. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's what I, that's what I figured, but because I mean there are obvious visual effects, but it's like real, it's not, you yeah. Know, I would be surprised if there is a movie that gets nominated for more Oscars than this. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. I mean... I'm trying to think of anything. Maybe, maybe like, The Irishman will get nominated for a lot. Because that bums I, me out. But I think that's because it's going to get nominated for, like, two or three acting. You know? like Yeah, because like, I'm sure that'll get best... Uh, best director, best get, actor, best supporting. Yeah, and like screenplay and stuff. But like, yeah. I would say it's probably like The Irishman, Marriage Story, 1917, maybe Hollywood are your top like four movies in yeah, terms of like most. in terms of the amount of nominations they get. Well, we got the announcement for the nominations uh, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow is the day we're recording this. Two days ago from the day that it's coming, so mm-hmm. we're gonna have to put out our fucking predictions for that. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. We're fucking happy to finally get this off our chest. (laughs) Glad you guys got to hear it. And we don't have to go against our non-disclosure clause that we signed. I know. (laughs) We get to keep doing our podcast because we're not getting sued by a 
legitimate movie studio. I really wanted to do our episode like right after we saw this, just so it was fresh, and then yeah. like put it out like when the embargo was coming out. Yeah, like, I'm glad we waited. But yeah, we, we waited. We waited a little bit and whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I saw it again though. I like I'm, I wanted to see it again before we did our review. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I still got to go see it again, but I don't think my review would change one bit. My mine didn't. It was an A before, and yeah, it was mine. Still an a. Mine's been an A since September. Yeah, mm-hmm. same. That was an easy one too. As soon as it ended, I just went to my phone, and went, "Hey, <laughs> yeah. loved that. That was awesome." <laughs> hey, hey, give the fonds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and why don't you guys give us the fonds in the form of a five star written review on Apple Podcasts? That would help us out. Go to our social media at Two Dudes Movie Reviews and check out Two Dudes Movie Reviews to see all that stuff. We got to do a written review soon. You should do a written review for Cats since you saw it. Oh, maybe. Maybe I'll do one for <laughs> Bombshell or something. But yeah, we got to do more of those. We do. We ha- we haven't done enough. We were we yeah. were actually doing pretty good with it for a bit. And- I would sit down and write like three at a time. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was when I didn't have a job. Now your boy works and is busy. And I just got a puppy, so. Oh, you actually got the puppy? Yeah, yeah. We'll save that for banter on the next episode. Wow, that's a great way to end this episode. Cliffhanger! (laughs) Swampies, suck on that. Oh, yeah, and um, suck it, losers.